people just like you have taken the brave step to do this thing we call work differently. They tell their self-unlimited story to inspire and encourage you. Another story begins now. Today, I get to be curious and learning about a workscape practice of journaling. And my guest is Ingrid Jones. Welcome, Ingrid. Hi, Helen. Thank you for having me. Ingrid has a personal practice of journaling, and she's even made a business out of this. Ingrid was recommended to me by my friend Sam Garrett, and Sam's done a couple of podcasts before. And Sam and I sometimes geek out over different practices that can help us be more productive and effective in our work. And so she thought you would be an excellent person for me to have a chat to, to learn a little bit more about what journaling is in your life. Oh, fantastic. My first question to you is, because I'm kind of wondering, is journaling something that you sort of came out of the womb doing? How early in your life did this journaling thing happen? Or was it a bit of a later evolution? As much as I want to say I was an advanced baby and came out <laughs> writing, <laughs> it wasn't quite me. <laughs> but I was actually always drawn to to writing. Um, yes. As a teenager, I, I did a lot of diary writing. And I'd say in my late teens that that started into just freeform journal writing. Ah, okay. I was one of those journaling people too. And I, I find it interesting, like the word journal comes from the French about jour as in day. So for me, it wasn't a daily practice, but it was more about those angst moments. And I still sometimes, I had the books in which I was writing my thoughts down and it's quite painful to go back and look at them and think where that teenage angst was at, but can be a bit enlightening too in the sense of, boy, I've grown. I've I've moved on from that. Have you ever looked back at any of those early journals and things that you were writing? Actually, I don't have many of my teenage journals anymore. Okay. I don't know. I wouldn't know where they are. I don't even remember throwing them out. Mm. But I can resonate with the writing in a state of angst yes. and needing to, you know, use that as as my venting and getting things out. So mm. that was in the beginning the main time when I would journal. Yes. I found for me it was a little bit like I want to tell somebody something. And, of course, I was in a pre-social media context. And I kind of wonder if I was a teenager now, whether I would journal or whether I would write those things and share them with others on uh, social media, which um, I think could be a very fraught thing to be done. And I'm kind of glad that they were private because I think that's a kind of an important aspect. Is it of journaling that's a kind of a private thoughts? Absolutely. I think it's one of the most profound ways to connect with yourself. Mm. And you've got nobody else's opinions, but you get that chance to get things out. And once you see it, once you see your thoughts down, you can then work with them. And it's it can be as much as profound as it is inspiring because then you can do something with it. And so mm. this wonderful time of shaping who you are or who you want to be. And oh, I think that that's sometimes best done by yourself. Mm. Because sometimes there's a voice in our head, I find for myself, that can be a kind of a critic. And I think when my thoughts are going round and round and round, they're racing. And one of the things that I've enjoyed when I do write something down, it slows me down because I can only go at the speed at which I could put the words on the page. And there's a kind of crystallizing process that seems to go on in terms of I'm choosing the words which somehow maybe creates a bit of a filter or, or forces 
it just it's like there's a lot of water in some ways and it's like it's going through this narrow funnel but in going through that funnel then maybe there's a, a distilling process or a clarifying process going on yes that's exactly <laughs> what's happening <laughs> I'm just so excited to hear the way you're describing that you know we have over 60 to 80 thousand thoughts a day and yes. so that's such a high volume of things happening in mm. our minds and so yeah getting things down can oh yeah I see it as like the interval of a good theater show you know when yeah. when, you're, when you're watching something and you sort of don't want it to stop but mm. uh, an interval gives everyone on stage a break but it also gives you a break as well and you start thinking mm. and reflecting about the storyline and what's going on and, and then you start looking forward to the next half of the show and I feel like journaling is like a really good interval to a day or to a moment to just like get it down even if it's a beautiful moment or a mess of a moment yeah to have that rethinking so you look forward to the next chapter or the next part of the show I like that that's a very metaphorical kind of description of journaling how else would you describe journaling and maybe what journaling is not just to kind of clarify for people what is this thing that Ingrid is talking about called journaling Mm. I'm going to start with what it's not so for me what it's not is diary writing which is a anecdotal record of your days who you saw what you ate all that type of stuff so more of I, I would see that more of like as in my travel diary days kind of thing of just mm. describing and capturing moments journaling for me is all about your own personal growth and development mm. so it's about um finding a way to process your thoughts and emotions in a really healthy way mm. to learn and grow from that so it's very self-reflective what does that actually look like in your in the scope of a day where does journaling take place or connect to the day this is As a it, daily practice. I mean, that's, I've even made an yeah. assumption. Is it a daily I, practice? I start my day that way. Okay. So I will, I will journal before I even get into my work stuff or anything like that. Right. Interesting, because yeah. I would have made an assumption it was an end of the day thing rather than the beginning. It actually is so flexible. It depends on the individual. So for yes. some people, end of the day is the best. Mm. I'm such a morning person that I just like to sort of be refreshed and reset. Now, in saying that, yeah. if I'm throwing a curveball during the day, mm. I will journal again, even if it's just for 10, 15 minutes. Yes. If, if something has really challenged me or I'm feeling emotional about something, I will go, oh, this is a great time to gain a bit of clarity and shift it rather than carry it around with me for oh so you will do it in the moment so it's not like you just let it all stack up for a period because I think sometimes for myself when I think of that journaling practice it's like the end of the day it's like oh I just want to sleep I don't want to pick up and try and recall everything that happened during the day and kind of process it but when you were saying if something was going on is it kind of okay the next moment I can create that interval for myself I'm going to grab it and journal then rather than hang on to it to a set period of at the end of today or tomorrow morning yes that's the way that I I do it so I'll do it on a regular basis just because I know it's just wonderful for me my well-being and then I do it on an emotional basis Mm. because I know without a doubt Mm. it helps me gain amazing clarity far faster than if I was just trying to mull it all over in my mind and so now I just sort of embrace it's like I've got this tool that actually helps me so go for it and I can have a different perspective on something within 10, 15 minutes or 20 mm. minutes, depending on like how big it is or yes. how like much I might've been thrown to, oh, I didn't know, I don't need to go down that, that road of 
you know, negative thinking or being so critical or harsh or, yeah, just just lightens things very quickly. Is there something about your personality that you would journal versus maybe picking up the phone and talking to a friend or a loved one to process your thoughts? Or is that just it's all different options and you use them for different reasons? Yeah, I do both. Hmm? I would do both. But at the end of the day, how I think and feel, I'm so closely Mm. connected to. So I would do that. Mm. I'm quite comfortable to journal, then pick up the phone to someone and and chat about it to also Mm. get a different perspective, but also to go, oh, I've just journaled on it and I I became aware of this. Is there anything else you think I'm missing? Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm quite comfortable at sharing my discoveries without having to Mm. pass my journal book for anyone to read. Mm. That happens. (laughs) Well, it occurred to me too that by sort of, processing it first in your own journaling you're getting clarity of what you're actually thinking because I think there could be a risk if you went straight to talking to a friend you haven't necessarily crystallized and and we all have friends of different qualities and I I, possibly you've experienced this yourself but I know there are some friends while I love them and can value them I don't tell them these things that are going on because I know they immediately feel the discomfort of whatever I'm going through and sometimes they want to bring me and I call it facetiously the gift of their uh, or their talent of problem solving and they want to swoop in and give me the narrative or shape that for me when it feels too early to have done that absolutely and then and then there are the interactions where people can get addicted to the stress and the hardship mm. and keep that narrative as long as possible just because mm. that's where they're at and they haven't thought about Yes. How to think differently. So I'm the same. I will I I will reach out to people in those moments who I know will give me a different perspective or support me rather than yes. just fix or take on my own emotions. Mm. How much time would you give to this morning slot that you do for journaling? 15, 20 minutes. And does it vary in terms of like, oh, I've got a lot going on right now, so it's a long journaling period versus I've only got a few minutes, so I'm still going to do it even if it's just five minutes because I believe in the power of it? Yeah, it will just change based on the day, based on how I'm feeling or what's going on for me or just what I've got on. And so I will always have my journal book with me in my bag. So I can journal on the go, five minutes, 15, 20, 25, just sort of, it's the way that I journal, though. That's the that's the secret, or that's the power behind it. Ooh, would you like to I, expand on that? Yeah, I don't just use my journal to vent. It's way more than that. And so, it, as as you mentioned earlier, of like creating a business around journaling, I've got a guided framework. So mm. I, I facilitate that or share that with people. But actually, that's the way I journal for myself as well. Mm. And what that is is just open ended steps that take me from the beginning, or take anyone from the beginning. Yes getting thoughts out that that vent and just being able to express and be okay at however you're feeling to let it land on the I page. guess it's a kind of an uncensored thing that you don't have to actually make choices about because it's just for you nobody else has to read it so you don't have to worry about censoring yourself and that uncensoring is so important mm. that uninterrupted conversation is just really crucial in the beginning mm. Then I've got different questions or steps that guide you to go a little deeper and reflect mm. on what's going on and then do something with it to go, oh, now that you've learned that about yourself, what could you do that will move you that one mm. step forward? So it's very solution-focused, very but very compassionate and mm. very gentle towards the way that you speak to yourself. So you really soften and become kinder in your own yeah. growth. 
So you get to the end of any journal session and you're almost like, I'm so grateful that happened because now I've learned this. And and so there's a lot of joy mm. in your own personal growth. So it's sort mm. of being aligned that way. So I can sort of do that process sometimes within 10 minutes or sometimes mm. within 20, 25 minutes. Yes. And it's never really longer than that. Mm because you can move yourself quite quickly through it depending on how big or small yes. what it is that you're reflecting on. And I guess that word move you just said then kind of it, there's a sense of its movement. I'm moving through something. I'm not being stuck in something that my movement's not going round and round the, the bush, so to speak. It's actually moving through something while appreciating what's involved in it. Yes. And it's that going around and round was the reason why I changed the way I journaled in the first place, because that's what I was doing initially, using my journal to vent. And then I'd feel relieved and go about my day and come back and do it again. It was this one day where I was like, I feel like I'm writing the same thing over and over again. And that's when I flicked back through my journal and went, oh, it's no wonder you're not changing because you're looking at things in the same way. Mm. And, and that's where, you know, there are lots of journal prompts online or out in the world. But for me, there was not a wholesome structure that would be mm. that unemotional support for myself, like going to mm. a therapist or talking to a friend, but that I knew would take me from one, mm. from wherever I was feeling to a shift, not knowing what that would be each time. Yes. Just, yeah. I like the word that you used in there, emotion. One of the definitions I've heard of emotional intelligence, which really resonates with me, is the idea that there are emotions that we might categorize as negative and positive. And that's not to say that they're good or bad. It's just they're of a particular quality. And the ones that are negative, they are the emotions that we want to decrease their intensity and um, decrease the duration we're feeling of them. Whereas the ones that are positive, we want to increase their intensity and increase the duration we feel of them and I know for myself when I'm processing a difficult moment it can be useful just go whoa what's going on what and my first thing is kind of like let me name an emotion that you know that's a simple thing I can do rather like what am I going to do about it let me name an emotion okay I'm frustrated okay is it frustrated no I'm angry okay am I angry what am I angry about and part of that processing is kind of clarifying so that emotion what what do I make of that emotion and what's going on and anger may be the more intense form of something that's frustration, but bringing it down to a point where, okay, I can see I'm frustrated now, but I can see maybe what's going on around it, what role I played in this, what conditions might have been doing this. And it just is, a, I think you used the word gentle, that there's a sense of being able to be compassionate and gentle on myself, not to say, oh, I'm not allowed to be angry. Angry was the start of something, but let me move through this and see what might be revealed as I figure out what this anger is about, really about, not just the superficial about. Oh, absolutely. I think there is so much power in being able to label your emotions, mm. even the challenging ones, because once you've labeled it, it just opens up this acknowledgement yes. and acceptance. And I, I'm with you. I don't see emotions as good or bad. Mm. They're really healthy. They're like indicators. Mm. I mean, it's like for me, I live in Melbourne, so when yes. it rains, you just get an umbrella. It's an indicator to change what you're going to take out with yeah, you. Yeah, I love that. Get out and about. It's the same with our emotions. They're mm. just trying to get your attention. Mm. And, I, for example, anger and frustration is a wonderful catalyst for change. Mm. might not feel like it at the time, but when you're angry, there's movement. And you, oh, yeah, yeah. You it's got energy. Heard or expressed, but if you can get yeah. to the core of what's behind it and what's yeah 
working or what's not working and how you might need to sort of grow as a person to mm. have a conversation or make a change or not do something anymore. Yes. That's where it's just, yeah, so good yeah. to listen to what's mm. it trying to tell me? What, why am I uncomfortable? Yeah. What's going on? I like that. What's it trying to tell me? Because for a long time and maybe being a female in our society, there's almost a sense like, you're not allowed to feel anger. So it's like I would kind of deny, say, oh, I'm just frustrated about something. It's like, no, 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 I'm angry about something and that's okay. Let me sit with what that is. And I think part of the journaling practice or the reflection practice, I don't journal so much myself on a regular sense, but there are moments of reflection. And part of that reflective thinking is, let me just sit with this for a moment. I give myself permission to sit with this, not to I've got to quickly get past this and overcome anger because anger is bad. It's, and I love what you're saying. It's like, it's telling me something. Am I giving my unconscious, the, the universe or however I see things around me an opportunity to reveal something that might be just under the surface that I don't yet know or can't put words to? Mm. What's for you been some of the revealing things that you can think of that or maybe the most revealing moments that have come out of journaling? I guess it's a difficult question because I imagine there's so many of them. Yeah, I'm just about to say that. How do I pick one? Um, some of my favourite moments is our, uh, sometimes it's really profound, simple things where I might be just venting about something really tiny mm. and the story comes up in my head of like, oh, my gosh, you don't even know the other half of the story from somebody else. You're just believing that thought. So mm. the amount of times where I find myself laughing, of like, oh, my God, I was just believing the story in my head where it's not true at all has fascinated me yeah. how often as a human being that sort of comes up. So I like those gentle like edits going on live. Yeah. Um, and I, I think one of the overarching thing is I feel, it sounds silly to say it, but I feel a different person to what I used to be. I am so comfortable mm. in myself, in my emotions. I, I feel so happy that I have a tool to keep leaning mm. into and it just continually inspires me to be a better yeah. person or a bit more grounded or a bit more compassionate towards other people and I don't always get it right I'm still yeah. a human being I feel all the range of emotions you know <laughs> I'm not always just calm and collected and I love that about life so I just I feel really comfortable of not feeling any shame around any of my emotions mm, not feeling shame that's an interesting idea would you expand on that I feel early on not early on, before I was actively celebrating journaling or running it as a business, that my journal entries were a lot, very, very private. Mm. I would never have even discussed my own discoveries. And I felt that how I was feeling, I was a little bit alone, that it mm. looked around that everybody else had their life together and weren't struggling with those same emotions that I thought I was, you know, the only one having them or doubting myself or those type of things. Mm. I feel like as a female... It took a long time to be able to be confident in mm. myself, knowing that as a human being, I experience a whole range of emotions and that's yes. healthy and I can talk about them. And so I don't have this fear of what other people will think if if I am either doubting myself or if something happened and I made a decision that wasn't great. Mm. Like I can always make a new decision and, and change things. Was that a gradual process or was there a sort of a moment in time when you realized this thing happened and the switch happened that I no longer did journaling that way and I now move to this different way of journaling? My shift to a journal framework was gradual. I didn't know 
that day that day that I, I promised myself not to put my pen down until I changed the way I journaled that actually was a very gradual process mm. then when I started teaching it that was then another layer of change of of gaining direct feedback from people and mm. adding in different things and noticing things about a wider group of people mm. of how I could make it even more compassionate and gentle and so that part was all gradual and then the shift within me was gradual and one day sort of going, ah, oh, this is wonderful. This tool works for me like over and over again. So I think my absolute confidence in that of seeing my own shifts and changes was again, a gradual process to look back and then reflect on how I used to manage my emotions or manage difficult conversations or things like that. So yeah, I can see a big difference. It seems it's become very much sort of an, uh, highly valued and an easy part of your life were there sort of challenges or obstacles to to getting this kind of flow that you had to deal with or overcome I'm wondering whether there might be people listening going oh yeah it's just so easy for Ingrid <laughs> it won't be easy for me but I wonder I suspect there were maybe some challenges that you had to deal with in establishing this for yourself yes do you mean difficulties as in why I would have needed to journal in the first place is that what yeah, you mean yeah, yeah. All, all around that but I'm just thinking there may be people who are kind of thinking oh journaling isn't for me it you'd have to be a certain kind of person on a certain kind of need I faced lots of challenges as I think growing up we moved around a lot I went to four primary schools right like mum and dad split up when I was very early like so there were a lot and then there were some a series of events that happened that that just that actually were really challenging and and Mm. as an 11 year old that's that's challenging Mm. and um yeah I I would say as a teenager some big things happened and just from I guess different family dynamics and Mm. I I became very emotionally protective of mum and so I I was Mm. often found myself as very difficult for me to make decisions but a people pleaser and so Nikki would take on other people's emotions very very quickly Mm. just wanting to make sure people are okay and took that well into my early adulthood right through 20s and I would say early 30s before I was like start oh actually my mid-20s and started to see things from a different perspective and go yes what's been going on here what's this family dynamic what are the good yes. parts about it but what are the unhealthy parts about mm. it and started to forge different ways of of finding my own true independence and mm. who I am as a person and that when you sort of break away sometimes from a family system not that I mm. broke completely away but mm. when you start to do things differently it can cause other problems oh yes because I, I open to describe it's like a dance you've both been dancing the foxtrot and you decide i want to dance the cha-cha-cha and the other party's like no, no no what are you doing we do the foxtrot not the cha-cha-cha and so there's this kind of tension of like we haven't agreed to do different dances yes and in the early days i didn't know what it was that i was trying to communicate I, I didn't have the skills to go about it because we weren't necessarily taught that way you know we were brought up with a lot of love and but still it was a different way of communicating and yes. a different way of expressing yourself so that dance took me a long time to find and it was mm. through the journaling that i i slowly i think empowered myself to I communicate differently, yeah. to self-reflect and to sort of find those seeds of connection within myself mm. and you know ripple out in the relationships around me 
I can relate to that. I had similar things happening with multiple schools and changing towns and different relationships and things happening in my teenage years. And when I look back and reflect, there was a sense where I, and maybe it's part of the normal teenage thing as well, but what was the voice of Helen? Because there were lots of people who were telling me how I should be thinking and how I should be behaving. And in the family dynamic, I'm the firstborn child. So there was a lot on me to be sort of responsible and lead and, and set the example for my siblings and how I should be. And so I know one of the challenging things for me coming into my 20s is like, what do I believe? And I used to admire those people who go, oh, I believe da, 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 da. And I'd be like, I can tell you what such and such might be, but I wouldn't have the confidence to go, I believe, as if it was coming from a voice inside me. And there's a book that I read in my 40s called Let Your Life Speak. And it's written by a guy named Parker Palmer. No relation. He's an American Quaker. And it's just got, it's a very small book. It's got a lovely, gentle tone. And he talks about the idea that we all have an inner voice in ourselves that is wanting to be expressed. And for me, I know the writing down in journals was a way to express that voice without feeling the judgment that might come from people like, no, you're not supposed to think that way, or that's those words you chose, um, because I read a lot, so my vocabulary was very high, and so there would be people around me like, why do you use such big words when you talk? And it's like, but there are so many wonderful words I can use to describe things, why would I limit myself to a few? And so there was a kind of censoring that would happen around what, you know, why are you using that language? Whereas if I wrote it down in journals, I could write whatever words I wanted to, to express something. I love that. Just as you were saying this, who is the voice of Helen? It made mm. me think that um, I had put a lot of pressure on myself. And I, I think this had just sort of come up in childhood as well, but to, I felt like I had to be happy all the time. And so if I was feeling different emotions. I felt maybe mm. that, that's where I sort of felt that there was something wrong with mm. me. And I was more available to help other people than actually share what was yes. going on with me. So I just sort of had to find that way to, to, to unlock. Mm. For me, there was an element of I had to be strong all the time. And so it was like, well, where does, where do I get to show weakness or where do I get to show my frailty or that I'm not sure what's going on? Because I, I felt like there was a kind of a pretense Mm. going on and I think we all have an element of like the public persona and the private persona and for me starting to get some of those thoughts down and there was a point too where I availed myself of psychotherapy where having the permission to talk to somebody who was separate from my family dynamic and knowing what was going on and, and some of the cultural and there was even religious elements in it as well to kind of sort out well what is it that I want to say what's important to me and particularly when we are often reacting to things that are around us because we aren't separate and in this kind of notion that we're separate individuals it's like no, no no we are constantly responding to the people and the situations around us which can be kind of difficult to sort of step outside yourself then and go yeah, but where is me in all of this? What, what is it that I'm seeing or what part can I hold true? And for me, the idea of writing, and, and you said it in the beginning, it's like, there it is on the page in front of me. Separate thing from me, but I can consult it. Mm. And when you arrive at those moments of your own awareness, for me, they're the most exciting, empowering nuggets of, of wisdom that we've got. And it's mm. way more motivating or influential than someone telling you what to do 
or yes. someone telling you yes. you're amazing but when you have this yeah. moment like oh, I see it differently yes it differently yeah. it's just there's something sort of internal about that. Like it's, it's come from your cells or settled within you rather than something you've ingested from the world, something mm. that you've arrived at. Yeah, there's something in that for me about that coming to an awareness of what is it? See, I find myself now, I, I sometimes think when I'm in talking with people, there's a kind of reflection voice part that's going on in my head, like I'm processing in real time what's going on, which can be a good thing to do. But I'm also aware that just being able to slow down and stop those other inputs to just reflect on the thing that's going on in front of me. And, and imagine this is a challenge for many of us now in the world where we've got used to, well, while I'm watching television, I'll just look through my social media posts. And so we're kind of multitasking all these things we're processing. Yes, I try not to do all that. Have you read Stolen Focus by Johan Hari? No. It's beautiful, but he talks okay. about how our lives with all the technology and everything are designed to sort of steal our focus away yeah. and we're sort of lo losing a little bit of our connections with ourselves because we're always trying to do more i noticed on your profile that once upon a time you had been a primary school teacher and so clearly that's not what you're doing now and i wondered what role has journaling played in decisions of moments about what you're going to be doing with your daily life a lot because it gives me that clarity and that time mm. to to work out what's most important to me. Mm. But actually, my early days of teaching, I knew I didn't want to be a full time teacher forever. And right. what I my favorite part of working with the kids was their well being and helping them to believe in themselves and mm. those nuggets of like just easing these doubts that they come to school with so young. Mm. Fascinated by that, so I was never set to be in that education system full time. And so I did a lot of casual teaching work and that actually led me to, through my travels, led me to coaching. So yeah. actually it was the coaching, the life coaching that I, I studied well before I turned my business into a journaling, a place of journaling. Mm. And um, I'm giving you the long answer. <laughs> I love the long answer. We had a little it. journey there. But from there, when I was coaching people, I always still felt like something was missing because mm time that it would take to get them to ease through their stresses before you could get to the empowering things and mm. make change when slowly the way that I journal change I was like this is how I love helping people I love being able to help people mm. to help themselves mm. and at the end of a journal session to be able to talk about the discoveries or where they're mm. going next without ever having to reveal people can mm. share as little or as as much as they like, but to sort mm -hmm. of do it too once you get the gem from it. Um, and so I think this, this quest of wanting to make a positive impact on people's lives, but wanting to truly empower them. So the more I've combined coaching with the journaling, I think, mm. I think that's helped me move into that direction. I like that there's an element in that where, yes, I can do something by myself, but if I was sort of a bit unsure and not quite ready, you know, my thoughts are quite in raw or in a nascent form and I don't want to share them even with somebody who's a coach because I don't, maybe I'm fearful about being judged or shamed, that there's still a tool and a way that I can do something with them rather than just leaving them in my head, letting them be a challenge or a, a critic or circling around. So I love that notion that 
with what you're doing with the framework of your journaling process is a way to kind of move, start moving through that and not feel like a, that I, I have to have a handheld. Because I, sometimes I think that coaching notion with some people, I'm not against coaching by any means. However, it's it's a bit of a step up to, I've got to reveal myself to another person. I'm not ready to do that. Like if I'm not kind of ready to reveal myself to myself, why would I do it to another person? Absolutely. And so two things happen. I surprise people with how quickly you can shift stress because we're used to holding onto it for so long. Mm. So the process all never keeps you stuck for too long. Mm. Is that? And two, having these empowering discussions where you're full of your own insight and wisdom and wonder where you're really connected to it mm. are the best. It's uh, People are hungry to share that part mm. while still maintaining their own privacy, which is wonderful. You know, yes. I'm, uh, I'm never put pressure on anyone to share mm. but these wholesome discussions start to change the way people interact with each other so I saw on your website that you've created a journaling community so how does that then fit in terms of I'm journaling yet I'm in a space of people where I might be talking about what I'm doing how wonderful to have like a your tribe of personal growth team of mm. a journal community so what I do is I facilitate a weekly journal session or weekly mm. journal sessions and people who are part of the community mm. come along and journal week in week out because yep. they know it's their their connection time for them they can yep. reset from their week they can explore and there's something really beautiful if you think of like a yoga class or a meditation class where you are doing mm. it alongside other people mm. there's something amazing knowing everybody is spending this time connecting with themselves mm. And so during the session, when everyone is journaling, so there's a, a certain there's a certain time frame for each step. So it really allows people to sink right into it. Everyone's mics are on mute, so we do it via Zoom. Yeah. Everyone's mics are on mute. So you have this beautiful time to journal. Yes. We come back and then we have this time if people are available. So if people need to leave early, away they go. If they don't feel like talking, away they go. It's absolutely mm. very, very open and sensitive to where anyone is at. Right. You know? It never disappoints me whether people stay or leave. Yes. Because it's just where you're at always. Um, and so then we have this time in small breakout rooms. And so one of the breakout rooms is this time for people to connect to where they were at the beginning and end of the session, but mm. using, using picture prompts to inspire the conversation. So again, like we're talking metaphorically or through an yeah. analogy of, of pictures, you're not at all describing the specific situation so mm. you're describing the learning and what happens with that is you inspire other people to oh, I mm. never about that oh I'm going to take that away with me as yes. well I, I needed that. to hear that so you just yeah. learn from each other and then because I run it each week I weave in a different theme so mm. a different theme is just woven into the whole session so different emotions yes. explored different examples and the theme is always about personal growth or development or kindness nice. or thinking nice. outside the box, different personal strategies that it weaves in another layer of inspiration but doesn't require you to journal on it. So mm. it's very open-ended. It's always like meet you where you're at. So yeah. then we'll have a fun chat in another breakout room about the theme and that's as loose as what did you think about it? Some people mm. have stuff on their mind that they didn't even pay attention to the theme. Right. So maybe they need to th think of something else. And so we just have these chance to just connect yeah. and be inspired so it's a very it's a very wholesome and fun mm. way of bringing people together it makes me think of this phrase I just read an article this morning courage comes from encouragement 
and I mean, it's kind of literally the word courage is in the middle of encouragement, but that notion that when we're with in a state where there is the, uh, whether it's about just the conditions around us or the people around us are encouraging us, we are doing something for courage. And again, that's one of those French words where the cur is like the heart. I'm doing something for the heart and building up the heart muscle. And I noticed on your website, you had used about the journaling muscle. So as we're coming into a close, I'm wondering if you might give us some tips to start to develop the journaling muscle or to strengthen the journaling muscle? What are the some things you do? And there may be some things that you've already talked about that you can bring into a summary here for us. A little fast tip to get started is to just go for any old notebook. Don't reach for your most beautiful treasured notebook if you want to journal because that's where you want things to be perfect and great. Oh, yes, I've seen that. It's like, this is so beautiful. I don't want to ruin it by writing yeah. with my messy handwriting. <laughs> Don't do that. (laughs) But it's just that freedom to go, because sometimes people fear putting thoughts down to it will make it more real. But actually you don't have to reread it. I've got people in my community have a shredder under their desk and after each journal session literally just shred the paper. I like that. It is other layer of freedom. Yes. By the way, you mentioned Sam in the beginning. She's such an active member of my journal community. That's how... That's how I got to know her. Oh, she's, great, great. She's a regular, which yeah. is beautiful. Can so, I yeah. just interrupt you while you're talking about the uh, the journal? It occurs to me, is it always handwriting on paper or is, could there be digital? It could be digital, but I'm an advocate for handwriting. You know, you were talking about in the beginning of feeling so present and being able to crystallise things. Mm. There are different things that are happening to us when we write. So mm. writing is a left brain, right brain activity. Right. It activates another part of your brain that filters out information you'd normally be receiving. So it actually physically does some things that actually bring you into the present moment. So I'm an advocate for that. I like the, the same studies haven't been found yet for typing. I'm, I'm fine that when I'm doing creative work, that if I need to creatively think, sitting in front of a computer screen with my hands on a keyboard somehow blocks me. Whereas if I get a blank piece of paper and a nice pen and I go outside and I let my vision go beyond the wall that's a a meter or from me to a a broader expanse somehow. And I don't know whether I've just taught my brain that way or it is actually that way, but it somehow lets the flow open. It's like, it's like maybe I'm setting a kind of a ritual in some ways that I'm saying, okay, now is the time where you can think about things creatively and you don't have to be structured and orderly brain. That's great. Mm. And the other thing is too, people find it hard to get started, set a timer. So sometimes when our problems feel big, it just feels like it's going to take all day to solve. Yes. But actually you can get things out like 10 minutes, just start, just set a timer, put some nice music on or put your phone away and just go for it. See what happens by the end of that 10 minutes, see Mm. how you feel. But knowing that after that, you can go and do whatever you want. Mm. So just like support yourself in that way rather than feeling like, oh, my God, journaling is just going to take so long. But it's well, I, I like so that powerful. advice, like see what happens, because I think with many things when we're looking to be effective and productive, there's a lot of rhetoric around having a goal, like a, a place that you've got to land. And for me, in some ways, it seems as journaling, don't have a goal per se. You don't want to say, I know where this is going to go and I've got my eye clear on it. I'm heading towards it. You're wanting, it's like taking a journey without a map. It's allowing yourself for the let's just where am I now and just let's see what we'll see. Absolutely. And if honestly at the moment I'm running a free journal taster, if people are worried or how want to do it, like just 
come along and register and just try it out and just yep. be supported for a session yes. knowing that the thinking is taken out of how to do it and yes. from now on it will actually change the way you journal you can't un unexperience yes something. i like that you, you can't experience it you can yeah. you can see what it's like around a supportive group of people but also you can experience the process for yourself and just have a, have a different idea or a different tool mm. to go about journaling and I think then in that is you've used the term a couple of times, gentle and compassion, that into this with a gentle spirit and, and a gentle expectation on yourself that it may help you, it may help you in ways that you don't know, but you don't have to have that kind of expectation on it. Just go gently into it is my sense of what you're saying. Yeah, be curious about it. Oh, I like that, being curious. Well, I've had a lovely curious time picking your brains and understanding what journaling uh, plays a part in your life and how it can play a part in others. Is there any last word you'd like to leave us with, Ingrid? Other than everybody can journal and everyone can benefit for, from it. It's, it's got nothing to do with being a good writer, mm. nothing mm. at all. Even if you feel like you can't write well, it doesn't matter. The process of getting things down is mm. so powerful. So I just I just like to inspire that anyone can benefit from it or anyone can do it. Yes. To to just give it a go. And thank you so much for having me on. I've absolutely loved chatting. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. And when I post this, I will post the link to your website and so people can find that link there to the session that you were talking about. Thank you so much, Ingrid. Thank you. Workscapes are changing everywhere. For more goodness to change your workscape, visit www.beselfunlimited.com 